Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Scoop on Mental Health. This is Bracken Lovell. Um, today we have a special guest, a good friend of ours, um, Tanner. And Tanner, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Tanner. I'm 21 years old. I grew up in Montana and lived there my whole life. Um, I met Bracken in the Czech Republic uh, when we were serving there as missionaries. I'm studying chemical engineering, and I have a minor in Arabic. So that's a little about me. That's awesome. Uh, you're uh, you're a pretty smart guy, I know. Um, <laughs> schools, I feel like school is pretty important to you. Do you do you enjoy it? Are you enjoying your kind of career path? Um, I enjoy it. I'm kind of more in survival mode for now, but I'm looking forward to just really digging into world problems and solving them. That's like what really matters. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's something that you can see in your personality, actually, just that you like, you know, you have a good heart. You want to help the world solve problems. And that's actually a lot of the reason why uh, Brandon and I came up with this podcast. We want to help others to realize that we can all be successful, that we can all overcome problems, that we can all, um, you know, take take on the daily battles and, and maybe it's even a little bit more than that that we're going to face but we all face battles in life and that we can overcome that and you're a great example um but you know i think a lot of that comes with the inner beliefs that we have um and we i talked about your personality a little bit but what about what about your family i mean where where does all this come from what what's kind of your uh belief pattern or more specifically what what do you um why do you want to make a difference in the world? Like what, what are the, some of the issues that you want to solve and why? And then maybe touch on a little bit about your family. Where does that come from? I guess like for me, I see it as you can go through your life and work a job and, you know, just make money or you can go out and really try and make a difference. And I feel like I've been really privileged in my life and blessed with many things and, I want to go spread that light that I've received with other people because I know that like the things that I've believed and held close to me have made me so happy. And I just want to bring that to other people and help them get along. And I'm really interested in foreign relations because I feel like there's just this gap of misunderstanding between people. But when you can break down the walls and, you know, you just wear your heart on your sleeve and love people, then that breaks it and I can see just what a happier world we could live in if we could all break down those walls um for me like I guess it comes from my family like my parents are good people and my siblings are good people but we're all really different but we get along and you know I feel like one thing I've been blessed with is being able to make friends with anyone you know any sort of background I can find a way to love them but that starts in my family. Yeah, I like that. And that's that's why I ask. I think a lot of the times that comes from um, our family dynamic. Um, but uh, you bring up a good point. You, you're you interested in foreign relations. Why? What what sparked that? Um, for me, like, I when I took my first Arabic language class, I just fell in love with the language and the culture. We had had some Saudi friends, and that was really my first exposure to a world totally different from my own. 
And then I lived in Jordan the summer before I went to college and I, I loved it. And I saw how many just good people full of light were over there and what a misconception people had around me. Um, and then as I served as a missionary, I, I just dove 100% into Czech culture and beliefs and just understood. And I just fell in love with it. And I wanted to connect my worlds and I could see how happy I was because I connected to them. And like the great experience is my family picking me up because, you know, I could bring their American world together with this Czech one that I could now call my own. But, you know, as I came home, I knew that there's still a calling for me in Arabic because that's where a lot of problems are with America and in the Middle East. And I wanted to just solve it and bring people who are full of light and love together and not have them be separated because of the language they speak or the culture they grew up in. Wow, that's incredible. Um, honestly, really touching. And I, I think that's very um very smart in the way that you're going about that. I know that you speak at least two languages fluently, right? Um, <laughs> other than English, I'm saying. Yeah, I speak both Czech and Slovak, and then my Arabic's getting there. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, that's way incredible, man. Um, so we, you you keep talking about world problems. Um, we are facing a lot of turmoil in the world right now, um, and that's that's true. It's unfortunate. Um, but we, we all face kind of some inner turmoil. Um, what are some struggles that you've faced, uh, maybe in the realm of mental health? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like world, you know, world problems are really easy to notice, but the mental problems that we face, I feel like they're harder to notice. And as I was finally, I, I battled depression. And it was a battle that I fought for a long time without even knowing it. And there was a period of about two years, um, my senior year of high school and my first year of college, where I was I was depressed the whole time. And I, I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that I never really felt good. And, you know, I just cry, but I didn't I didn't even feel sad. I just was empty. And then when I finally opened up, and talk to someone and realize like, Hey, this isn't just you feeling weird. This is, this is something physical as well as mental, you know, it's a mental illness. It was like, I was finally able to recognize, you know, the problem is at hand. And it was like, once I could know my enemy, I could learn how to fight it. But I feel like there's probably so many people that struggle with mental illness and just think, well, I'm like crazy or like, I can't do this, but it's like, they don't know that their enemy. And it's like, how can they possibly fight that if they don't know what it is? Right. So how did you recognize it? Um, it was really hard. Um, you know, I, I feel like the depression brought me to a breaking point where I just felt like I couldn't do anything more. And, I opened up to, he was my mission companion at the time. And just, you know, I told him, I was like, I am broken. I was like, I, I feel horrid. And it was something he had dealt with because he'd had friends and family that struggled with depression. He told me, he was like, you have depression. You can't, you can't deny that anymore. You can't, 
pretend it's not there. He's like, that is that is something in you. He's like, it's not you, but it's something in you. But it it just required me being totally vulnerable with someone else. And what did it take for you to finally open up? Because you you the way you said it, you acted like it it kind of took a little bit. You you kind of handled it for a while. It was clear till your mission wasn't until your mission that you opened yeah. up and talked to somebody. Is that correct? Yeah, you know I'd had I'd had some times that were really dark, and I just I'd kind of tell people how empty I'd feel, but um. I just remember that breaking point. It was like, it was the first time I'd talked to my family since um, I'd become a missionary. And I went home and I should have felt great and excited. And I just was dead inside. And I felt like there's nothing left. And, you know, I just, I, it was like I got to the point where I couldn't picture my life ever improving. It felt like it had always been that way and always would be that way. And I think feeling like that just brought me to a breaking point. Wow, that's that's intense. Do you do you feel like that breaking point was beneficial to you, or do you do you feel like you were lucky to be in the place that you were? Um, you know, I think I really did need that breaking point because, you know, I'm a stubborn a and i didn't want help i didn't want people to talk to me about my mental health because that was something that i felt like was under my control that i could reason my way out of it you know that like when i felt down i was like well if i can just think happy thoughts or reason my way out of it like we're fine but reaching that breaking point and recognizing like you know it's like you have to admit that you are helpless on your own before and it's like once I was finally able to, you know, break down and let it out to him, it was like that was when hope flooded in was it took me opening up. So, like, in a, in a way, I'm grateful that I finally broke because I needed that hope more than anything else. Right. And that you when you say hope, you mean hope from from him, from this individual or you mean just or did it feel just to clarify did it was it actually just letting it out that that helped um it's like i i let it out but the hope that came in it was like the first time in a really long stretch that i felt like i had a hope that i could be happy again that i was going to I was going to be happy again because like the way the depression worked was like, it's like, imagine you have a color picture and this color picture is like beautiful and it's your normal life. But it's like when you're depressed, it's like all that color and vibrancy just gets sucked out. And it's like, you can look at all of your pictures, but it's like you've gone colorblind and you can't, it's like all of your memories are just without joy. You know, there's no, emotion attached other than emptiness and then it's like you try and think ahead of things and you just you know picture you living out this grim life until you finally die and are released and it's it's really grim but you know like admitting that you're at that spot admitting that you don't know how you can get out of it and 
asking for help is like it 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 doesn't come all at once but it's like the color starts seeping back into this picture and you can see oh yes i remember i have been happy before and i know i can be happy again and i'm starting to feel something at least right things are starting to slowly make sense again in your life yeah that's interesting so I want to come back to that and kind of where you went from there. But you said something really important that this individual that you opened up to said. And and it, it had to do with that this didn't define you, um, yeah. but it was something that you had to struggle with. Um, I think that's important. Um, I think a lot of the reason we don't want to talk about our struggles is because we compare and we have this false identity of others and we think that everybody's living their best life um it's kind of a lot a lot probably can be attributed to social media um because you know we see everybody's best lives lives but um kind of with that what what's your opinion on mental health and the stigma that is attached um you know it's really hard it's hard it's hard for me to not think of myself as damaged goods because I struggle with a mental illness. You know, I think about, well, who's going to date a guy who's depressed, you know, or like who's, who's going to want them as like their father, you know? And, um, you know, sometimes I worry about a job, you know, if I go and talk to a counselor, cause I feel like I'm really depressed and I'm going to, you know, do something serious. Like, you know, I worry about that coming up and like a, a background check or I don't even know but you know it's it's this worry like you said of judgment of this comparison that people are going to look at that and it's going to just overshadow all your good accomplishments and you know all the good you've done because it's like you know it's like sometimes I get really depressed you know but it's such a I feel like it's it can feel like such a defining factor when it shouldn't right that's interesting i i've been thinking about this a lot lately and a couple of thoughts that i had when you were talking is one one is for there what there should be no difference between a physical ailment and a mental ailment you know it's hard with the brain because sometimes i mean you know let's say you break your arm, you go to the doctor, the doctor knows exactly what's wrong. He knows exactly how to fix it. With mental health, there are so many professionals and so many different specializations, but we don't know exactly what's going on. It could be a number of things. And, And even at that, we don't always know exactly how to fix it and how each person will react. Um... And the other thing is it's interesting to me. My second thought that I had is these things do not define us. It's unfortunate that we have this um, we have this thought because it, it's false. Um, at least from my perspective, I know you personally, mm-hmm. and I look up to you a lot. I've learned so much from you, and I've I've spoken with you in the past about – some of these things that you've dealt with. And when I think about you, I don't think of any of those negative things because 
what trumps negativity is actually positivity. You know, you spoke about light that you wanted to share in the beginning. And I think that it's, you know, maybe this is just a personal opinion because, yeah, people are judgmental. Unfortunately, they are. And people label. That's just part of our social makeup, our social psychology. But I I personally believe that your accomplishments, and I shouldn't even use the word accomplishments, but your good attributes, your qualities, they trump anything that you're dealing with. And even more, depression is something that you're struggling with, just like somebody is struggling with a car accident or a knee replacement. or It's it's on the same level, but we, as a society, we don't necessarily know where to go with it. And, and that's an interesting trend. So kind of going back to your experiences, how can we fix it? How can we fix this stigma, in your opinion? It's a good question, but first off, thanks. Those words are really nice and mean a lot to me. Um, as far as fixing the stigma goes, like, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm a person who always wears my heart on my sleeve. I, I can't help it. I can't keep anything in. Um, and, but there's still probably a lot of people who, if I told them that I struggle with depression, they wouldn't believe me because they see me and they see that I'm happy and like, you know, I'm a huge majority of the time. That's that's what I feel, and that is me. But I think just being really honest with people, and you know, when they ask you how are you doing, and you tell them I'm really struggling. I feel depressed. I don't feel anything, and I feel like if more people were willing to be open about it, but it's hard because it's when you're in that state, it's the last thing you want to say because you don't want to admit that you're struggling. You don't want to admit that you're losing the fight, but I feel like you can't, you can't influence the media that much, but, you know, as a person who struggles with a mental illness, being so open about it with other people, it's like, it just like is a fresh perspective they have where it's so real. You know, they're used to people trying to like kind of dodge the fact or like push it to the side. But when you can just hit it head on and be like, yeah, I'm depressed. Then they're like, Oh, you know, and there's no judgment. It's just there. It's easier for them to recognize like, okay, this is a person in need. How can I help them? Right. I, I like that a lot. Um, that, that kind of leads us back into where did you go from this situation where you finally opened up to, an individual um you you recognized that you could open up and you said it felt completely different um talk about that where did where did you go from there what was it all of a sudden okay to talk about it you know in a in a lot of ways it was um beforehand the closest i came to talking about my depression was just jokes you know and just really dark jokes that when I think back on, I'm like, holy smokes, why weren't more people worried about me? But um, from that point, it, it was like, well, it's out there. You know, I was like, it's out there. Like, I can talk about this. And 
I just recognized, you know, I recognized how deeply my family really loved me because it was something that I never wanted to talk about with my parents because, you know, I kind of had this image of how they viewed me and I didn't want to appear weak to them. But, you know, I remember emailing my parents and saying, hey, mom and dad, I actually really struggle with depression and I need your help and I need you to, you know, help uplift me and take care of me. And then other times when I'd struggle, I would literally think of it as a battle between light and dark. And I, you know, you think about, I need as many people with light on my side as I can in it. And you recognize all the resources of light and help there are, and you just open yourself to them and it helps push back the dark and you just endure and fight it and fight it until you're, you know, feeling okay again. Right. Um, so would you say it's important to have those certain people in your life that you can reach out to? Yeah. I think like, you know, if you don't want to be open with everyone, I feel like me personally, it's the more unique part of my personality is that, you know, I can, open up to a person on the street about my depression at this point. But um, for people who are more closed off that they select people, you know, in a way that they can be accountable to about their mental health, people that they can trust that they know will, you know, do whatever they can to help them. Yeah. I think that those support systems are more important than we even realize. Um, And you, you mentioned it before, but, you you talked about how you kind of felt like you had to deal with it alone, um, and you know you were you're stronger than that. You you felt that you needed to, and why was that not beneficial? Um, uh, when I think about it, it's like your brain is literally not working right, and when I think about it, I when I'm depressed. I cannot think of anything good. There are no positive outcomes. And it's like me working on that brain that's not functioning properly. How could I possibly fight a mental illness? You know, it's it's like, you know, you have to think of it as like this is a disease and your brain is sick. You need the help of other people to get healthy again. Yeah, of course. That, that's really interesting, and and I wanted you to repeat it just because I don't I don't think that I don't think that everybody realizes that. You know, you don't go through any struggles alone and and make it out better. You know, in, in my opinion, that, that's not fact, yeah. but because you have to fight your personal battles, you have you know, and, but in this whole big battle, you're fighting little battles each and every day, and and, and I get that, but at the same time, I think that there comes a point when we have to find those people that can love and support us regardless. Um, yeah. And if I can cut you off, like... Of course. I, f- I feel like there's... Some of our society has always been fixed on sort of this, you know, macho man thing where it's like, you know, you read an article about this guy in Ennis, Montana, who got attacked by a bear and walked three miles to his car and drove to the hospital and you're like okay he like did it on his own you know but for me like 
before I viewed it as if I asked for help, it was like, that was like a little defeat, you know? And I was like, Oh, why can't I just do it on my own? But now I found where I'm at now is I literally find strength in being super open about my struggles. And I love opening up because that just flips a switch and whoever I talk to where it's like, you know, I'm being so vulnerable and raw with them that they, they like can't help but open up to me about it because, you know, it's like, how could they turn away when I'm, you know, talking about these struggles I've had and that lets you build strong relationships based in love, based in mutual care. And there's such a great strength in being extremely vulnerable and like I love it I love it right yeah I've, I've learned that too in my own struggles that you have to be completely open and vulnerable and it does create this real raw relationship and and a high level of respect yeah. I really I really really respect those who have opened up to me about their struggles because it's hard it, it is you you shared the story about the guy who walked away from the bear, right? Yeah. It it is just as macho in my eyes to be vulnerable because it's difficult. It's not easy. Yeah. And you know, I had to learn like it's okay to cry in front of other people, like it's fine, you know, and that was one like hard thing about my family was um you know, I always felt like I got made fun of when I cried by the cousins. And so then <laughs> I felt like some of that contributed to my initial not wanting to be vulnerable. But then once I found that strength in it, it's like I, I love it. And I'm, I love being vulnerable with people like that raw relationship is so desirable. It's so intimate. Right. <laughs> right. I like that a lot. And it, and I think, you know, for believers, non-believers alike, uh, whether Christian, wh- whatever, whatever anybody believes that happens to listen to this, I, I think it's important. I, I thought of a story, um, you know, and it's kind of cliche, but when you were talking about that, um, kind of doing it on your own, I thought of that, that story where the guy um, is looking at his footsteps in the sand and there's there's two sets of footsteps the entire way and then um, and then there's one set and anyway the guy lives his life and he dies and he looks back and he says you know where he's like God where where were you where were you this whole time like see the part where there was only two footsteps like that was the hardest part of my life and and of course you know the end he goes I was carrying you um, yeah. and we need that that's part of that opening up and being vulnerable to whatever it is. Um, you know, for us, it might be to God, maybe to somebody else. It's that meditation or finding that, that one person. But the point is, is that we, we can't do it on our own. And, and even if we can, we're much better off to surround ourselves with support systems. And I, I I love that you, you brought, brought that up and that you brought up your family because, it's important, but not everybody, not everybody has that. So, so how do you find that person? Are you willing to just share with anybody or? 
at that point, I would be willing to guess that you weren't. Um, at that point, I wasn't. Um, for me, you know, I stuck with a companion. He's the only person I had. Um, so that was kind of necessity. But <clears throat> um, I think you find good people literally just when you're looking for them. And I think, you know, faith is so big for me, but when you're praying to find someone who can be a strength to you, sometimes you find someone new, but I think a lot of the times you just recognize someone who's already there. And, you know, on the flip side of this, we as human beings, we are so eager to please and to love others as much as we are to be loved and when people recognize an opportunity to help someone else and really make a difference, you know, they jump at it. And anytime you can help someone, like you feel so happy from it. And I think remembering that, that people aren't looking at you as a burden as here's this depressed person. How the heck am I going to help them? But instead I am so glad they talked to me. I can feel that was important. And you know, the good people that are around you, you can, I think you just have to recognize I can connect with them on this mental, emotional level in addition to what we already have as good friends in it. And you just build the bond stronger. That's very true. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I don't know, I believe in that so much. I think I've made that evident, but I, I believe in that support system so much. So, so thank you. Yeah. Um, just kind of a side side question with that that I wanted to ask who who do you admire in this aspect? You know, is there somebody that you look to? As far as like someone who struggles with mental health and like that, I look to as they're doing a good job, or uh, maybe if that's if you feel that's relevant, but maybe just in any aspect of your life that you feel they. Maybe they they motivate you or they've given you that inner belief or, you know, the only reason I ask is I think we all look up to somebody and um, I think that that's a start. Um, you know, more than more than someone I really look to it's more just that innate sense of right and wrong that's in me and it's like I can recognize that it is harder to be vulnerable with someone and so I am so much more prone to like want to do that because it's harder and I can recognize that that's the right thing but I'm trying to think of like who really inspires me and you know, more, I just, I'm impressed with my roommates, because, like, I have an incredibly close relationship with them, and um, when I think about them, I, I remember how much they love me, and I remember that they are always ready to help me when I'm open with them, and I really admire them for that, because I'm not always that charitable. You know, I don't have that true love always like they do for me. But 
I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, that's, I really like that. Um, and that's, that kind of goes back to, you know, maybe whatever is the most accessible, but you've made the most of it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you've created this great relationship and, and they've been charitable to you in that aspect. And I am sure you're just as charitable back in others. So, um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, so you kind of talked about where where you were at this up to this point in your mission. What about since then? Um, how's the struggle been? Um, a lot of ups and downs. Um, I kind of thought when I got over that hard patch that I was just kind of good to go. That that was, you know, there was something in the past and I was good. And you know, I hit lower lows um i didn't think i could get much lower but i hit lower points and i just had to come to terms with the fact that you know this could very well be something i struggle with for my whole life and um you just have to take it day by day because if i think of my whole life and think about okay i'm gonna have all these depressed stretches and that's like that's depressing, like that sucks. But when I take it day by day and just think about, okay, let's see how I'm feeling today. And if I start to feel bad, just remembering, well, tomorrow can be better, but um, it's it's a real ups and downs and it's really, really unpredictable how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it where I was out having a, heck of a time with my friends and then it's like I get in my car to drive home and I'm just empty just out of nowhere just empty and I'm like what's going on you know or I'm like I was on a hike and I just was like on this hike like the only thing I could think about was that I want to kill myself and and you know and it's so it's frustrating how unpredictable it is because you can be in such a good spot and you can feel like you're doing so well and then just out of nowhere you're just back in the back in the depths does does something trigger it is Um, there something specific for you sorry no problem um you know that's something i wish i knew i wish i could look and say okay i get triggered by this but that's just not how it works for me you know there are situational things and i recognize there are things i can do it's like when i keep a good sleep schedule and then when i eat regularly and when i exercise i'm a lot less prone to be depressed but still you know i can strike without warning um and that's just something i've had to come to terms with yeah so you talked about not wanting to, um, well, being hesitant about seeing a professional for future job reasons. Um, is it out of the question? Would you would you see a professional? I had I had one time last semester where I kind of broke and went to some counseling services at BYU and. Um, 
you know, that was hard for me. And I went in and the hardest part of doing it, it took me 20 minutes to sign the paper that I was going to meet with someone because I just, that was all I could think about. But, you know, I met with them and didn't click with the person at all. And then I just left and like had to deal with it on my own. And it's, it's not out of the question, but for me, I feel like, it's hard because I feel like I go in and just like talk to someone, you know, and I'm like, I might as well just talk to my friends. <laughs> right. And I can see where you're coming from that. It makes sense because I've had I've had similar um, thoughts myself. Um, but I think that's important. I think that's huge because, you know, we don't always click with that that counselor or that therapist or whoever it may be. I that's. I think a lot of people have experienced this and they're hesitant to go back. A lot of what we're trying to get across in this podcast is to destigmatize this, to go and get help. You know, for you, it might be in your friends. You might have your family support, but there you, you also might turn to a counselor or a therapist and, you know, it might be the right one. Um, Unfortunately, we have a shortage of providers in this area, and I think we might get better off in the future because now we see that this is an issue, but I think that – I don't know. I think it's important to just share that – at least I don't want to get into my my own experiences here because this is about you, but – I've had I've had the exact same thoughts and feelings and then I've gone and seen that counselor that therapist and um I had such a great experience I was literally mind boggled by the fact that it was so natural and so normal and it helped me so much to talk to this person to get those feelings out and and they were able to redirect my thoughts and and so I think it's important just to put that out there that those services are there. You know, yeah. unfortunately, we don't have the greatest system in line right now, but they are there. And I think it's interesting that I'm able to hold such a double standard because, you know, I think of myself going to that counselor and in some ways I think about like, you know, I'm thinking about, oh, what are other people going to think? But, you know, when people – when other people have come to me and said, oh, yeah, like, I saw a counselor for a while, or, like, yeah, I see someone, then I'm like, oh, sweet, like, I'm so glad you're getting help, you know, and I'm like, but I, it's like, my brain is, like, trapped itself in this prison where, like, I won't let myself have the same experiences and, like, pleasure, you know? Right. Yeah, well, maybe you try it, you know? Maybe that's something that you that you yourself can work through, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and with that kind of, uh, we'll start to wrap it up here, but what, what's the future look like for you? What are, you know, what are you going to do with this? Um, you know, it's, it can sound grim, but I know that the battle's never going to end. And, I figure there's going to be times when I need more help on my end and um, just getting a solid system in play. I've had 
good friends talk to me about getting on medication. And of course, I'm resistant to that because I'm resistant to help just as a person. But um, I'm just trying to accept the fact still that this isn't gone, that even when it's been, you know, dormant for a while, that it's not disappeared. And, you know, the real strength I've found is I can do good things. And it always comes down to when I finally can pull out is me recognizing I can do good things for other people and love them. And that's my greatest tool that I have to fight it. Through service. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very underestimated um, medicine, if you will. Yeah. It definitely, you know, you could be having a bad day and go and help somebody else, and it definitely turns your your attitude around. Um, what what does this do? Uh, you know, how does this affect the people around you? How does it affect your family and friends? Um, you know, I think one one reason that sometimes I'm hesitant is that. I feel like they worry about me. Um, I always feel a little uncomfortable when someone pulls me aside and tells me, hey, please don't kill yourself. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess I won't, you know, but it's, um, I feel bad sometimes because I know they worry, but like we talked about earlier, like it, it's only brought us closer in that the closeness and intimacy of the relationship just by necessity has to grow. (laughs) Right. Hmm. How do you respond to that? Um, um, you know, I just tell them like, okay, I'll call you if I feel like I'm going to do something, you know, or like I'll call you and, things are getting bad and it's just an opportunity to try and be open with them that I don't always take, but I want to. <laughs> right. That's it's a battle. So, the, the battle never ends. Right. Which is important, but you've said it yourself, you know, you're capable of doing it, especially with the support from others. And as we mentioned at the beginning, you have big goals and big plans and potential. And not only that, but you've lived a great life, you know. Um, and, you know, you're in a, a very prestigious, great school. You're in an extremely difficult program major. Um, <laughs> it's it's not easy. You. My point is that you know that you can do difficult things. Um, yeah. And I think that we have these struggles sometimes so that we can help other people, not only to help ourselves and not only to be able to handle problems in the future, but also to help others. How do you plan to help others? And and with that, what advice would you give to others who are struggling with the same things? Yeah, um, I 100% agree with you that it's, it's let me help others. I had, you know, more recently someone asked me, they said, all these kind of weird life experiences, you know, because there's been a lot more than just being depressed in my life. Like, do you feel like it's set you apart from people and you're just like, wow, no one can understand? And I said, 
No, it's actually the opposite. It's like, I feel like <clears throat> the silver lining in these struggles has been, I can connect with anyone. Um, and that's such a blessing to be able to connect and grow close with anyone. So I tell people that struggle with their mental health. It's like, look for other people that are struggling and find strength together, you know, and you'll find joy and loving and trying to help each other in your hard times. <clears throat> I love that. I love that a lot. You know, I, I think that that pretty much sums it all up. I think that this has been a great chat and I'm so grateful that you came on and talked to us. Um, <laughs> I know it's not easy to talk about these kind of things, so I, I really do appreciate that. And well, we know that it's going to help someone. Yeah. Well, we know it's going to help someone, and you're great, Tanner. You really are amazing. And so keep keep doing what you're doing, you know, um, and because you inspire people. Just know that. Thanks. Love you, man.